Welcome to the Raw and Wild Hearts, a place where the raw, the unfiltered, the wild hearts gather to celebrate triumphs and hardships, learn from each other, grow together, and break down a culture rooted in fear. We will talk, we will laugh, and we will lean on each other about everyday life experiences that we could all use a little support through, and then we'll bask in the wild, magical beings that we are. My philosophy is that by embracing the dark, we may just let in the light. I am your host, Lori Rising, healer, educator, writer, adventurer, retreat leader, birth defender, and animal enthusiast and activist, along with my wild heart sidekick kitty, Jesus the Brave. We'd like to invite you to get excited about the wild heart revolution. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. It's the very first in my new Van Life series called Van Life. The Adventure Allens create life their own way. Yes, so your girl is on the cusp of full-time van life and completely rebirthing my entire life. I am definitely dropping into these huge shifts energy changes, and astrological supports of the age of Aquarius and the balancing of the divine feminine and sacred masculine within ourselves. I am in a constant practice of moving towards abundance and away from scarcity, and that is fueling my fire for making this dream come true. My girl actually just went into the shop a few days ago for her first renovations. I decided to hire a company to do the vent fans and the solar and battery setup just to have those bare bones done because my dad and I are going to be doing the full conversion of the van, something neither of us have ever done. So I wanted to just have those things in place, go home and start with that custom work that we love to do so much. If you want to come along for the journey, jump on my Instagram or YouTube. Both are at The Raw and Wild Hearts. I also have an email list and I just put out a living pain-free five-week challenge, which is just a really fun, easy way to start to make holistic transformations in your life that create better health, better energy, better sleep, decreased pain symptoms. This is an accumulation of my 20 years in therapeutic practice. And I'm sharing this with you because the more that we're dropping into our intuitive medical wisdom, which is what we were born with, the more we're able to drop into our soul's mission and the more we create a new earth from a place of unconditional love. My email list is at therawandwildhearts.com if you're interested in that. But as for today's episode, Chris and Taylor are an absolute delight. They radiate joy and positivity, even after experiencing some devastating tragedies very early on in their relationship. We dive into the pillar of strength that they have together, how they navigated these life-threatening hospitalizations, the way that van life has supported them throughout those experiences, and how it's given them the type of community that feels like family. We also talk about how they leaned into the learning curve of living small and mobile together. We'll hear their perspective on diversity and representation for people of color in van life and how it's evolved and progressed. They share exciting ideas for supporting others through caravans for representation, an inclusive ebook about how they've done van life on their own terms, and a developing tour guide business that's in the works for them. Seriously, we have such a ball in this episode. As my inaugural van lifers, I feel immense gratitude we made this connection. 
They have such love, openness, and beautiful wisdom. I feel there are so many areas to draw from in this convo. Just editing it put a big old smile on my face. Please follow and support them. They're doing amazing things with some rad stuff in the works. So let's have a quick word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P, whose mission is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. It's by far an hour I look forward to all week. I do use several tools and practices for my own process work and spiritual health, and my telehealth talk therapy will always be one of them. It's my constant lifeline that creates consciousness shifts, especially when I feel stuck. So here's the thing about BetterHelp. They're going to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. The service is available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send your therapist a message, and I think that's pretty amazing because we can really come to places where we feel very stuck or disconnected and need a little lifeline at those times. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and they have financial aid available because they truly want to support your mental health journey and experience. So visit betterhelp.com forward slash raw and wild hearts to get 10% off your first month. I also have the link in the show notes below. And then I want to send a quick thank you for tuning into this podcast. It's my passion project, and I always hope to get the most diverse array of raw and wild human experiences out there. I also hope to do it in a relaxed and fun way where you might just get some support that maybe you didn't even know you needed, and you always get some laughter because laughter is some of our best medicine. I'm so grateful to those that subscribe like, review, and share this podcast with your communities. It's a grassroots effort, and just like all small businesses, every single interaction supports me and us in a very meaningful way. Okay, on to the show. Taylor Allen was born into a Navy family, and her location changed a few times, but Mobile, Alabama is probably best known as her hometown. She's been living nomadic for about three years, and it's truly the best feeling of freedom. She enjoys working with children. Taylor's currently working on a certification to teach English as a foreign language online for a stream of remote income. She's also very interested in holistic nutrition as well. She enjoys hanging with her pups, exploring different areas, and hiking to see epic views. Chris was born and raised in Riverdale, Georgia, on the south side of Atlanta. After being an EMT, firefighter, and dabbling in personal training, He joined the Navy as a rescue swimmer and was stationed in San Diego where he and Taylor met. Taylor likes to say that he's extremely adventurous. He enjoys anything outdoors and when he has on the right shoes, nothing can stop him. Please welcome Chris and Taylor Allen. Hello, Chris and Taylor. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining the Wild Heart Revolution. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, man, I'm so excited. You are my inaugural guest for my Van Life series. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I do like to start with a toast or a prayer to the Wild Heart Warriors in our light, especially our dark, and in all of our magic and glory. May we continue to elevate consciousness through honesty, humor, humility, gentle care, soul-wrenching growth, and ownership and to us, and to creating life your own way. What, what? 
it. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have so much to talk about. The first thing that I, I want to say for all of you who are not seeing the video to this, this couple has such a beautiful energy to them. I feel like they're just like glowing and radiating happiness. And the more that I've kind of dug into their history, because I do my due diligence, the more in love with them I am. I listened to a podcast episode that you were on. I think it was the Humans of Van Life. Yes. With Nikki, guys. Yeah, I found out some deets about you too. Okay, nice. <laughs> the first thing that I want to get into is you are young number one you're younger than i thought you were and you're married and you yeah. have such a deep soul connection and love and i know people want to hear all about that so let's talk a little bit about how you met what it was that drew you to each other like was it love at first sight did you know that you were each other's person right away like give us some of this good stuff <laughs> yeah um so we met off Tinder. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to online dating. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love that. The only thing I can really say is that honesty really helps in a situation. Uh, transparency. Uh, that was that was one strong feature that we both have. Uh, that even though our actions might have <clears throat> came off as a different way, uh, we were very good at reassuring each other uh, through transparency of what our true intentions were and stuff. So uh, communication has by far been like the foundation that our relationship stands on. Uh, and honesty. And honesty. For yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. We've been able to communicate very well from like day one. Yeah. I don't know. We're yeah. always checking in like wellness checks, you know, just how's it going? And it's yeah. always just been like easy, having fun, hanging out just doing cool stuff together. I don't know. It's just like pretty easy. We're like best friends, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a safe space between, between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Like when, when we come together, it just feels like a safe space to just exchange thoughts and feelings and mindset. So. Mm, that feels so good. Okay. Cause I have done <laughs> online dating before. Actually my very first podcast ever was called Online Dating for Old Timers <laughs> because myself and my friend were, you know, we're of the generation that didn't have online dating for a long time. And then, so I really wanted to talk, to talk about how to do it consciously. And it sounds like that's exactly where you two were at when you met. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause it's all on, it's, you know, it's texting and that can go awry very, very quickly. Yeah. So do you feel like through texting you were able, able to get that honesty and that safe space? Yeah, it was uh, our, our our story is a little interesting because it started off with uh, we we scheduled to meet up like to have a date and the first time Taylor didn't show up. <gasps> no, and it's not that I didn't show up. It's that it's like I guess I, you would say I flaked. Yeah, yeah, she flaked because <laughs> I, I was not like I was there waiting for her. <laughs> It was just like, I text her like, hey, are we still doing this? And there was no response. I, I, I think that's how it kind of went. No, it, no, I don't even think I text. Like, it was just, I was like, I'm going to just wait and see. Like, I don't know. I guess we both might have flaked on each other in that sense. So then, so then the second go around, we was like, okay, let's try to meet up again like a week, a week later. And then that's when I was like, you know what? Nah, like, I'm going to just, 
like you, it was more so me trying to send a message like like you want to meet up with me and not meet up <laughs> so so then she calls me that morning and mm-hmm. she's like, like the next morning the next morning of that of that wednesday so it's thursday morning and she's like i wasted my time i sat there and i waited for you to just to just call me like that transparency that honesty like she said that she sat there and waited and i was like oh well like if that was the case like i'm sorry like and then i was like, like what are you doing right now and he was like nothing and i was like okay let's hang out yeah and wow we hung out for a few hours and i was like actually like i have to go to the airport right now and then i was like i'm about to call a lift and then she was like no i can take you and then she took me to the airport and I flew to Phoenix to go hang out with my family for a week. And um, I talked to her every day. On the phone. phone. We would talk on the phone every day instead of like texting. Because texting, it wasn't fast enough. And then you don't really understand. So we we would just talk on the phone. And for like, I guess a week. And then he came back and we'd. We've been kicking it like pretty much every day. Every day. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, even just talking on the phone, like who does that anymore? So that's how you feel the energy and you actually have that safe space within yourself because you're not creating a story around something that you're reading, you know, that's so like linear and emotionless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that just shows, okay, this is all making more and more sense to me because it shows both of your um, draw to commitment because <laughs> you <laughs> stuck it out. <laughs> and now here you are married, right? I mean, that is some, that's saying something when, I, can, can we say your ages? Yeah. Yes. I'm 25. I'm 28. Yeah. I mean, at those like 20s, you're figuring things out. Like at those ages, I feel like if you find it within yourself where you're like, yes, this is my person. This is who I want to spend, you know, marriage with whatever marriage means to people. Right. But you have a self-actualization that's pretty intense. Like it's pretty solid that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And most people in those situations, when people flaked the first time, if somebody flaked the first time, they're out, you know, yeah. because you're dealing with I'm so talking. many. Yeah. Yeah. I had actually deleted my Tinder, like right after we matched and we were like texting for a little bit because I was like, I just need a break from it because it was just in San Diego. It's a large pool, I would say. And yeah, I was just done. And then I was like, Chris. I was like, he, we relate to each other more than like I related to anybody else in San Diego. Yeah. Because we were both from the South. Like, we were both Black. So, we, grew up only, we both grew up only children. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, were there any like requirements that you had that you connected on? Because when I was online dating, like, if I saw someone who traveled, especially internationally for me, because I'm a huge international traveler, like that would, I would perk up immediately and be like, okay, let's check this out. You know, cause you could get a little monotonous scrolling, right? Was there something that stood out to you about each other? Uh, not from the bio per se. It was, it was more so everything that, that led up after the match. Cause like, it's, I feel like it's nothing to it for people to match is, is, it's the sheer like physical attraction. Like I, I saw Taylor, I was like, she's cute. 
swipe right that uh-huh. I think you right okay so then <laughs> and so swipe right on me and that that was the match but everything else is the reason why we're still together it was it was it was uh the the communication like yeah I, I felt like that that was the aspect that that brought us together and just the uh I don't know, the relatability, like our, our first meeting was like, hey, you flaked on me, I flaked on you, <laughs> like, let's hang out really quick, oh, I need a ride, like, it was just, and she was down, I was down, like, yeah, and it, it was. We like to do the same, we pretty much like to do the same things. Yeah. Chris is adventurous, and that's what I liked about him, and he's pretty much, like, the life of the party most of the time. If he's comfortable around you, like, you're not going to get quiet, Chris. A lot of people get quiet, Chris. <laughs> but if, like, a few days into knowing him, like, Chris is Chris is the life of the party. And that's what I liked about him. He's always happy, joyful. Like, he's down for a good time yeah. all the time. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I love that. Okay, there's a couple things I want to touch on because, um, Taylor, you said something that I loved in the podcast. I wrote it down. And we're about to get into your travel lifestyle together. But you said, I want to bring it up now because of what you just said. And you said, Chris helped me get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. I was like, oh, my heart. You know what I mean? It was so beautiful. And it's true. When you go into, you know, the traveling lifestyle, you have to be in you have to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations which makes you comfortable in your life right mhm that's so great and then chris i think you had said you know i'm a class clown and i was like wow i wouldn't have got that cuz yesterday <laughs> we we did a pre-chat and you were like quiet calm and then i start hearing about he's jumping out of planes and he's like you know riding motorcycles and he's doing all these really risk taking things and i was like oh my gosh i like people that surprise me you know and take me out of my own box cuz i don't want to ever be in that box but in this culture we tend to start to you know get covered with that so i love that I feel like what I heard is very early on in your relationship, you went through some big tragedy, right? My feeling was, oh, wow, this is what really solidified things for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like things were already real before before it happened because we were, you know, we started off living together. Don't uh, our dog is crying because he hears your voice. And he's like, hi, baby. He's like, he's like, I want to see her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah um, it, it started off living on the boat, and then we were like, and then it we we presented with an opportunity where I was able to create a job for Taylor at my job, and then we were able to work together. And now, like, so so we had already been working very cohesively as a unit, and and we really valued each other. We, mm-hmm. We're pretty much partners when it comes to living together. Like, like we help each other with different tasks and chores around the, around the space. So, yeah, I think that's what really helped is that we look at each other as partners instead of like when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were just like, we're partners. We're like part of a whole, but we're like two halves, like working together. Because if you work together, things are a lot easier. <laughs> and they get done like it's just more efficient and when you fit together very well it just works yeah yeah you started out really early like spending all of your time together 
and learning and learning new things. Like we, when we were together, we were living on a boat together. So we were both trying to learn how to live on a boat. And then we started working together. So then we started to learn how to work at this new job together. Mm-hmm. And then we got the van and then we had to learn how to live in the van. And like, it was always just a learning experience. Once we somewhat figured things out, that's when like tragic things started to happen. And then uh, when we were finally in the groove. Of yeah. things, okay. Like, okay. Was finally out of the Navy. Like I was taking a little break from school. I had found a job and then everything kind of like blew up from there (laughs) and we had had the van for two months two months yeah two months two months maybe yeah Yeah. and that's when chris got into the motorcycle accident yeah that's when i got in my motorcycle accident okay but let's just put out there that you all started living in a boat together after six months yeah yeah Yeah. so very early on you're like let's get into a really small space together Mm -hmm. and figure things out out. (laughs) i love it that that was the pitch it was like it's a king-size bed (laughs) (laughs) the bed was bigger bigger on the boat than it was in my old apartment oh my gosh i mean And and then taylor's pitch was like hey it's a whole other room for you like that was my thing i was like you have this whole room and she was like okay it was like an oddly shaped room but it had like all my clothes all my makeup it had a curtain where i could just like be by myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was our like privacy that's always our privacy is like a curtain yeah curtains are walls it's mental (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) well and that gets things very intimate very quickly you know one day i told taylor i was like hey like we're like you know we're pretty like knee deep into this boat thing but like the scene is kind of hot with me coming in we need somewhere where i can go or us can go a couple days out the week so that it doesn't look reoccurring and and that's when you present i presented her with the van and we never we've never we didn't look into van life uh at all yeah we we did no (laughs) van life research until maybe after my accident because Mm -hmm. because of my accident I was out of work and I was so at the time I was working three jobs before my accident. So I was, I was just a busy person. Chris I was, loves to be busy. Yeah. Never stops. <laughs> wow. I, I love to work towards the future. So I'm just like, Oh, this <laughs> help us out. Like, and that's my whole fuel to get anything done in the immediate beginning. So, um, with, with me not working anymore and, and we were in the van uh, I was like, okay, well, we can park the van by Taylor's job, so then Taylor can just walk to work, yeah. and then I can I can look in I can be in the van just researching like how to get electricity in the van, how to have running water in your van, and so it really worked out to where you know every day Taylor would get off work, she would bring some food from work, she'd have some cash from work, and then like I would have this knowledge to improve our quality of life, you know, for for the first that recovery. I'd say it was like a, a hard recovery for like the first six months because I, yeah, I wasn't allowed to lift anything over 10 pounds for for like six months. Six months. Yeah, I, I ended up having to get like two surgeries. So I had like an exploratory surgery. They put a stent in my um, up here somewhere uh, near my aorta because I and in my motorcycle accident, I would I uh, got hit by a car. I was going through a yellow light. I had the right of way. The guy didn't see me. I landed on the windshield, launched off like 40 feet, uh, hit the ground. Uh, I woke up in the back of the ambulance 
And like, only thing I remember is I was going through the light and I saw a car and I just squeezed on all my brakes. I was like, all right, let's just try to slide it. And like, I just woke up and I was in the back of an ambulance and this paramedic's like, hey, sir, you've been, you've been involved in a car accident. And the first thing I go, and this was in 2017, I was like, where's my phone? <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I, the guy hands me my phone. I called Taylor and I, I let her know what was going on. And luckily we had a, we had a huge support system in, in San Diego with my, with my uh, military friends. So I was like, Hey, just go to one of my military friends house, like tell them yeah. what happened. They'll take care of everything else. Like, this was like all in a one mile radius, like his accident, like our friend's apartment and me in the van mm-hmm. after work. Yeah. Like just, I was like decompressing after work and he called me and I was like, what do you mean, Chris? I asked him, I was like, are you okay? And he was like, I'm in an ambulance. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) And then, so I just go to our friend's house and, um, I, without our friends and our support system in San Diego, I would definitely call them family for sure. For sure. Yeah. Because it was always people visiting, bringing me food, making sure I was eating. I even went out one night during Chris's like recovery because they were like, Taylor, you have to go somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I will. And it was always over the limit of visitors for Chris. Pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have pain from that accident now? Yeah. Every day. Uh, they said, they oh. said I'll have chest pains for the rest of my life. And uh, so, yeah, you just, for the first, like, I say year, I had to just get used to like a sharp pain in my chest. Like it sudden movements, taking a quick breath. Uh, they were like, it, but they really didn't know what to say for my recovery because I wasn't supposed to survive. They were like, you know, most people die on scene for what I had. And I was only out for like four minutes and I woke up on my own. Yeah, like, talking, like making could, jokes, making jokes, like, using my arms, like, you know, asking where's my phone. So, oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah, so, and they, they were trying to tell me like, it, it was, we, it was a whole weird process because like, you know, at, at no point in time was I ever scared. Like when it happened, like, I was, I was just like, okay, this has happened. These are the steps. Like automatically, I was like, these are the steps that need to be taken for me to survive. And I was just like, let's knock out these steps. The steps are the only thing that matters at this point. So like when we got to the hospital, um, apparently they gave me some pain meds and I, I passed out and then I woke back up at the hospital. Hilarious. And, and they were like, they, they were like, oh, we've done an x-ray. Like you have all this damage. You've lacerated seven of your internal organs you've torn your aorta you've punctured a lung uh your chest cavity's filled with blood and air and i was like okay when surgery like that was my only question like all right like when, what's next like you you guys ready i'm ready like obviously so <laughs> and then they like, who do you want to hold your stuff i was like don't let taylor hold anything like just let my friends hold like so so and then we went into the surgery after the surgery it was like all right everything came out fine um like for your recovery standpoint, you know, the kind of jobs you used to do, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to go back to those kind of jobs. And I was like, please, like, y'all not going to pay my bills. Like this accident is not going to pay my bills. Like I'm just going to have to make it work. And, you know, throughout time, as time progressed, like my body healed. And, you know, I got to a point where I, I looked at Taylor one day and uh, I was like, hey, like, I kind of feel like I'm relatively in the same shape, like right before my accident. And she was like, oh, for real? And I was like, yeah. And so just been taking it from there every step of the way. Oh, so happy you're here. That's a, it's a, it just sounds yeah. like a miracle. But it also sounds like maybe your military background had a lot to do with the way that you were so focused. Yeah, because I'm, I'm an EMT. So I'm a, I already oh, know okay. 
whole process of when a traumatic accident happens. And, and in my head, I was like, the worst thing I can do is freak out because I'm, if I already have blood pouring out of my circulation system, then there's no reason for me to amplify my heart rate and have them have it pumping more blood out in the wrong spot. So I was just like, let's just sit here, be one and move forward. So. Well, right. Even the, like, quite honestly, even the jokes that you're cracking endorphins are very healing for our body. You know, we have mm -hmm. such beautiful medical wisdom within ourselves and laughter yeah. is one of them. And, yeah. you know, you were employing that, man, mm -hmm. if I ever need an EMT, I hope it's you. I hope it's someone just <laughs> like you. Like, it just sounds like a good experience. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a good experience. Sure. <laughs> and so you weren't married yet at that time? No, we we had just talked about like the conversation that started like, hey, like we should get married. Like, yeah, it just, yeah, like, Chris it just was, brought it up. And I was like, I didn't necessarily get on the knee. It was just like, was we like okay, that sounds like, yeah, I was like, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I was like, we love each other. Yeah. We want to have kids together one day. We were like, I want to be together forever. Okay. Uh -huh. And then a I guess a little, almost two months after his accident, we got married. Do you feel like that kind of solidified it though? Like going through that together, do you feel like that created a much, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to say deeper bond, but where you were like, yeah, let's, let's do this. We, we've gone through living in tiny spaces together, working together, being together 24 seven. And now we've gone through a major life-threatening accident and recovery together. And we still love each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say validate. Mm, validate. That's a perfect word. And then Taylor, you went through a pretty serious situation with an asthmatic attack where you had to be intubated. Yes. It was almost two years ago, like around this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just having like a lot of trouble breathing. And thankfully, Chris has EMT experience. He oh, knew exactly right. what to say, what to do. And he didn't freak out. He was just like, let's go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay let's just go to the hospital. And he was like, Taylor, breathe. It's going to be okay. And I was like, okay, I really believe that. So it's going to be okay. And then Chris was, he was always serious, but would crack a joke. And then he dropped me off at the um, hospital and it was like 30 minutes later, I was intubated. And if we would have waited, they said I possibly could have died from the asthma attack. And I had no idea it was that bad at wow. all. And Chris was, Chris held it down. We had um, two, we were, we had Chief and we were fostering another dog and Chris was taking care of that. And he still went to a van meetup because he needed to clear his mind to be away from the hospital. He called my family. He, rec he voice recorded the doctors for my dad. He talked to everybody for me. He called my cousins. He texted my friends. He did everything and he held it together. He was scared, but he actually, I felt like you bonded with my family too. You were able to like actually spend time with them. And then like Chris just held it down and he played music while I was intubated. Like my three top favorite songs, like at the time. And I heard them Aww. and it was just, it was really special. And then like I was holding my mom's hand and it just really meant a lot to me because Chris was, he was there and he, it was hard 
So, yeah, because, yeah. like, sickness, like, a lot of people don't talk about, like, how it's hard and it's a long recovery because Chris was patient with me. We had dogs. Like, I had to walk slow. I kind of had to learn how to walk after I woke up. So it was just a long recovery. And mm. Chris was every step of the way. We learned each other. We were newly married, too. It was an experience. And then I felt like the van helped with all of our recovery because Chris was able to rest in it while I was at work. And then when I was sick, I was able to like go and see places, but also have a place to rest and not be burnt out. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. I have chills. You two have lived lifetimes together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really beautiful. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm feeling it in my throat right now, you know? It's just, and Taylor, I heard when you were talking about this, you were also talking about the beauty of the van life community and like how mm-hmm. the kind of support that you felt from them. And you got them, I, I, I heard some emotions when you talked about them in the other interview. So let's talk about that a little bit. What does the van life community mean to you? It's almost like a, being at summer camp all the time um and having fun and it's like family like you've you've met them before you connect on so many different levels like it's so many different people that like eat a certain way do things like everybody pretty much has a dog in van life so it's dog friendly or it's dog friendly so you connect there or everybody loves a dog potlucks and because we met a couple um billy jean and caleb we met them the night before I went to the hospital and we've been friends with them ever since. Yeah. They helped Chris like every night when he needed to like talk to people while I was sick. They cooked me food. They cooked him food. <laughs> yeah. We had friends giving together when I got out. Like everybody was stoked to meet me. It was like 10 people Chris had been hanging out with. And I was just grateful like that Chris was able to find community and people that understand like the lifestyle and we've gone to mexico with these people yeah like we trust them like for sure it's a deeper connection like it's more understanding too because i always felt different in like a normal world or a normal life Mm -hmm. like the conventional world just didn't it was the box that you don't want to be in yeah i'm with you on that but you feel like there's a camaraderie amongst the van community like oh yeah like we talked about yesterday with the uh with the high high level of relatability and um mm-hmm. it, you know because your friends and your family are like you you're in a van like and i don't get it like where, where do you poop where do you shower like what, but do, then, you do? <laughs> what do you like, do all day yeah and <laughs> but then when you see somebody with the van you don't have to ask those kind of questions like then you just go with oh so where have you been like how long have you been in it the questions that you that are really worth having the conversation about and that alone just with that that community and that that safe space and now because of social media like it's a place on the internet so now it's it's almost a tangible safe space for you to go to at any time of day like any time of day somebody can put up a post and put just van life and it'll be people who are specifically interested in that alone will be like oh like that's super cool so i think that's amazing yeah so yeah. what what is it that draws you to van life we talked about it yesterday and i really want to get into it because i loved what you were both saying the relationship with the land 
Uh, It brings us closer to the land. I feel like it helped with our recovery that, you know, we, we were exposed to, to, you know, high uh, exposure hours to the sun and uh, constant fresh air through just the sliding of your door or letting down your window and able to slow down. Yeah. Being able to slow down. We didn't feel rushed in like recovering because um everything else took time in the van so everything like, takes yeah. time so it's like <laughs> it takes longer to drive to the grocery store in the van so it was just like yeah like okay of course it'll take a while like and then it was like no matter where you go home is always still home you know mm-hmm. one day you're in new mexico the next day you're in kansas but you still know where your toothbrush is at so like that is like that peace of mind at all times like it's like traveling with an extremely big backpack that has wheels. So, and, and <laughs> so like you just, it's, it's, yeah. it's this ready to go kit that's just ready to go on any adventure or lifestyle change. I like it because I feel like I can bring my home wherever and still, even if I'm uncomfortable, like I still have my home that I know what the pil- where the pillows are, where the bed is, how comfortable it is. I have food. Chief and Storm love it. So (laughs) we can just be in here and be cozy. And it just takes us to so many places that I don't think we would ever go, especially the in-between spots. You would never think to stop in certain places and see certain things like rerouting Google Maps just because, because like you can make a protein shake in the back and you can still keep going. Yeah. I just love it. I love it. This literally our health and we've gotten so far away from this. Most people spend almost all of their time indoors and that is not the way that humans are made to be healthy. We're supposed to be breathing fresh air, getting the vitamin D from sunlight. Um, Yesterday, I think Chris, you talked about being in the rhythm of the sun, the circadian rhythm. That's healthy for us. We're supposed to be sleeping when it's dark, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to. Yeah. Just we are nature. We're part of the land. And it's like this connection that we have forgotten so deeply with all of the noise of our culture. And so there's such a spirituality in having a home that you can wake up in a different landscape whenever you want. You can follow the weather. Yeah, yeah, chasing your weapon. Yeah, that's a that's a whole. That's lifestyle. our move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so beautiful, and I can't think of anything better. <laughs> like, I mean, there. That being said, it's not always easy. Like, there can be a lot of difficulties in van life as well. Yeah. Did you have some growing pains in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, it was all about figuring it out, but we were. I felt like we were determined to figure it out. Yeah. So we were like van life is something we're gonna do it we're gonna figure it out let's make it comfortable and then we fell in love with it and we were just like hey we can make this work let's just try these certain things do some research troubleshoot it Mm -hmm. and get it done yeah yeah I, i feel like it's depending on your level of commitment i wouldn't call it necessarily difficult i would just say based off our level of commitment there was a learning curve there was time that needed to be allotted for us to figure it out. And then the the time that it takes to apply the information to bring it to fruition takes time as well. So with that, we were just, okay, like we went our first six months in the van without having like any external electrical source, mm. you know, 
and we had a fridge the whole time, but we would just put ice in the fridge, uh, whether we would get ice from the grocery store or ice from a friend's house, or if we would put a bunch of ice packs in, in our fridge in the boat and then just take it out <laughs> and put it in the fridge in the van. Uh, you know, just uh, when I was going through some of my firefighter training, I had a uh, I had an instructor who would, she would always yell at us while we were like working out and it would be really tough. And she would just be like, adapt and overcome like that would be the only thing she was saying you know that's pretty much our philosophy in the van is just you adapt and once you adapt you overcome and it's that's no longer an issue so once we adapted to not having electricity in the van because you have to learn how to relive a different lifestyle we lived over two decades living a lifestyle a certain kind of way where you walk in the house you flip a switch the light turns on you know the right. fridge is always running 24 7 and yeah so and then we switched that lifestyle and we were on the boat at first and then learning how to be on the boat and trying to learn how to be somewhere where you weren't supposed to really be there at the same time. So like you had to be discreet. You had to learn how to be quiet. You had yeah, to learn how to be learn to be quiet. Yeah. Cause I feel like Chris and I talk low to each other just because like we used to live on the boat and we weren't supposed to be there. Or we parking on the side of the street. Or parking on the side <laughs> of the street. So like we're just still keep it low key. Just yeah transfer different things that we've learned into van life and it just seems so rewarding we went on our first trip and we were like okay we see what the hype is about yeah. van life yeah. <laughs> it's like we could do this this is pretty cool mm -hmm. and so i guess we watched some videos and then we just figured out how to do it on our own because you can start very small you don't have to start in like a luxurious van because i know a lot of people that don't have fridges and you don't have to refrigerate produce like yeah, you don't. and a lot of people don't know that we're just so conditioned we're just conditioned to do these things and then like just dry food storage and people like chris said years without a fridge like so it can be done and they're the happiest people that i know yeah for sure. <laughs> well so and this is the other thing like this is part of health that we don't think about is that being creative is a part of our nature and that I feel like is what van life is all about. You have a chance to be creative every day and you have a chance to adapt every day. And that mm -hmm. actually drops us into our humanity and the divinity that is being human. And that creates health for us. Yes, so I agree. I think I agree. that's so beautiful. And also, Chris, yesterday you were saying, I love that you said this as we were talking about being in the rhythm of the sun. You were like, it literally powers our van. Literally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part. We, uh, so for our, we have a solar generator mm -hmm. and uh, it's just a generator that can be charged via solar panels. And it's a light that comes on, uh, the display light comes on for the like display center whenever it's being charged via solar. So we, when we wake up and we see that I'm automatically like in gratitude, like, okay, the sun is radiating energy to our home and like, mm. you know, just, you know, that, that's the start of our day. And then also, you know, towards the end of the day when it clicks off and then that's like our cue to start winding down and, and go ahead and go ahead and make the bed. And it, it's all part of our routine. And not using things in excess, I guess. Yeah. It teaches us to power down, like don't be so needy and just give what the earth gives instead of, you know, just constantly taking. Yeah. Um, right. Don't leave them too long at night. <laughs> like, you know, just simple, simple stuff show that you're thankful for it you know it's also when we turn off our fridge we turn off our fridge when the sun sets. <laughs> oh you do so you turn it off yeah. for the night yeah we turn it off for the night and yeah and it, it holds its temperature 
So it works out. Yeah. See, like these are like beautiful (laughs) life biohacks. You know, before we had all the technology and everything that is around us now, this is how we had to learn as humans. How do I create a space that keeps me out of the inclement weather? How do I keep this food cool when I don't have electricity, but I'm going to dig a hole down into the ground so it stays cool in the ground, right? Yeah. I just think that's so cool. It just gets me really passionate and excited about life when we're using ourselves as skill providers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doing for self. So yesterday we were talking also a little bit about diversity or lack of diversity in van life. And you were talking a lot about kind of the evolution that you've seen while you've been in van life. So let's touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so our first van meetup we went to was in April. And my accident was in November, so that had been, what's that, December, January, February, March, April. So five months. And at the time, that was our first van meetup. Like, only thing we've ever seen. Like, I don't think we we watched the YouTube. We didn't watch too many YouTube videos about van life. And when we did, it was only, like, build stuff. Like, because we were just trying to figure out, like, electrical and plumbing and stuff like that. So uh, we went to this van meetup. And, you know, we were even though we were the only black people there, like, you know, nobody made it feel like that. Like nobody like stared at us too long or nobody was just like, Oh, like you're black. Like it was none of that. And it was, uh, yeah, everybody was just like, Oh, cool. Hey, you got a nice rig. Like, Oh, I like your van. You guys are super cool. Like how long you been in your van? It was so accepting immediately up front. Like as soon as we stepped out of the van, um, we ran into this couple that we still talk to to this day. Uh, the Van Kooks, I don't know if you heard of them, Kevin and Danny. And, uh, yeah, th- those were the first people we ever met in van life. And we saw their van, cause they had, a, they had a newer Sprinter van than what we had, but not like the latest model. And th- that was the first, you know, representation of like, put some work into your van, invest in your van and, and, yeah. and your home will, your home will prove return that and travel and they didn't have a builder do it they did it themselves and it was so unique they had different patterns different textures everywhere it was so nice to see something that somebody had created and they were the first full-timers we had met we were like you live in your van full-time yeah because we were what do you mean (laughs) we're like you guys are full-time like no house and it's like yeah (laughs) and we've been doing this for a few years and we just like to pull up and chill and 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 find good signals so we can work and i was like what you guys work from your van like i pull up to a job like (laughs) just so yeah and it was cool so that was in 2018 2018, um i never really thought about it too much that we were the only people of color in the van life scene because I kind of always felt like that from the start and from like at school or like a Girl Scout troop or like a birthday party, you know, so I didn't really think of it. And then I started seeing that certain pages would only repost photos that looked a certain way and like your van had to be like pristine you had to live in the Sprinter, like professionally built out, like you had to be thin, um, able-bodied cisgendered it's just like all of these things that don't represent everybody that we see in the real world Mm -hmm. and we would try we would be like okay like we'll post and we would see that we didn't get 
as many likes or as or as many reposts it would be like okay we didn't think too much into it um but then i'm glad people started making a platform and it's become um more inclusive and you see more couples that are of color and it's really good to see because we saw it for solos yeah or solos and it's just it's awesome like i love a traveler like of any color and then it's like to see somebody that looks like me is empowering because if you want to do this i want to let you know that you can so you can see people that look like you Mm -hmm. because you can't really like envision it for yourself if it Mm -hmm. doesn't really look like you you can't really move in that way you don't see it for yourself yeah and that's where that representation is so important Mm -hmm. and i know yesterday we talked a little bit about the diversify van life group that's that's on social media and how they're making a really big impact as well yeah, and there com- it's a podcast coming out called Nomads at the Intersection. Nomads at the Intersection. Yeah, Nomads yeah. at the Intersection. And they're yeah. talking about, like, the uncomfortable conversations, like, things that people don't want to talk about, and but also educating you about things that you can do differently or, like, toxic behaviors that you have had in ways to change, like, just evolving as a people yeah and there's other platforms arising as well throughout this like there's another platform called black nomads me and that is by a uh that is by a couple called deliciously locked we've we we haven't met them in person yet because of covid like we were supposed to go to a meetup and meet up with them but it it didn't happen and uh but yeah they're they also have a platform where they feature uh people they, they feature people of color so it's it's cool to see all this stuff evolving in front of us. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have everyone that we're talking about in the show notes, and especially including the Adventuring <laughs> Allens, which are Chris and Taylor here. I'm excited about that podcast because I think the more that we talk about systemic racism, but it's the covert racism that we don't even realize that we have because we're literally raised in it. Like we don't know anything else. And so once I made that realization, it took off this defensiveness or pressure, you know, because you want to be a good person, that binary good versus bad. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm a good person, I'm not racist. If I'm bad, I am. Covert racism is what we don't even realize is subconsciously programmed into us. I mean, that's happening on such a deep level from the time that we're in our mother's wombs on. Mm Right. Yeah. And, and so I love that there, there are platforms coming out to talk about those things, because the more that we make those uncomfortable conversations comfortable, the more we create much bigger change that is so needed. Yes. Right. Chris, yesterday you said I wrote this down because you've both seen, you know, a shift in the van life community in regards to representation and diversity. And you said, if the van life community can transform in the celebration of diversity, that's representative that the whole world can do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it can happen because when you really think about it, uh, each, each person in the van life community is a traveler. And each, like the fact that travelers are a niece within itself, it, it can grow organically because each traveler has their own circle of influence, their own friends and family that they can, that they can now inspire to, to create this change. So it's a cool area to penetrate, you know, a, a mass population. If you go based off your travelers who people that are comfortable, you know, going from place to place, 
And you know, if, if you add a mission or a purpose to this journey, you know, to actually advocate for, for other people, then, you know, you can, I can definitely see like a lot of change with that. And I feel like I'm just going to let it take its course and just watch it go and grow. It's beautiful to be a part of. Yeah. And you both told me that you're wanting to host caravans for representation. So let's talk a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. Uh, right now it's, it's just in the idea phase. Uh, Cause we're, we're still trying to, we're working on like how to implement it with, with, the amount of uncertainty that's going on with with relationships with other countries and and the uh restrictions with travel and basically just comfort level uh with individuals we do feel like it'd be it would be beneficial for us and to people of interest that are interested in in going into a caravan is that if we produce an ebook you know, like kind of just like van life through our eyes and just like a beginner's guide from a couple that that's not from the norm that, you know, we didn't get some $60,000 van. Like we still kept our regular jobs. Uh, you know, we did seasons in the van full time. We didn't go directly full time in the van. And, you know, just we feel like our perspective is a very good, like it's intro friendly. It's very beginner friendly. Like how to get started into it. So we want to be able to, you know, produce, produce this uh, product to give to people, you know, so people who, who want or are interested in this particular lifestyle. Just, we want to get value wherever we can. We know that we can't really meet up with people, but we know that we can reach people with like, hey, if you're interested, you know, buy this book or, you know, uh, we're coming out with a website so we can have inspiration um, inspiration merchandise for people to have so they can just be be ready to chase that chase that thrill chase that dream so you know that that's things we've been working on over here <laughs> yeah but eventually when regulations um lift up maybe we can have like a caravan where we can go on like a west coast tour in a group mm -hmm. because i feel like it's more comfortable in a group setting it's you feel safer yeah in numbers too if things and then if one thing messes up like if it's five people i guarantee somebody's gonna be able to like help fix it have something to fix it or have an alternative for you to use and you're just not lonely when you're yeah and you're not down. lonely <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, one, one cool thing that we want to provide is uh we when we were in atlanta we had a friend and his girlfriend they were like uh, oh you guys travel in a van like that's super cool we want to travel around colorado in a Jeep with like a rooftop tent. And I was like, okay, cool. Like he was like, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. And uh, they were gonna do it for like a week or so. And um, so we we meet back up and he was like, oh man, it was terrible. Cause we were, we were just moving so much. We forgot the camera gear at the airport and we didn't, we didn't know, how, know to open, how, to how to open the tent. We didn't know how to do this, do that. Like, and I was like, yeah, like it probably would have been good to go on a tour with us. He was like, yeah, that would have been awesome. And I was like, uh, well, we got to get something worked up. And like that, that kind of like sparked this whole, hey, there, there's a huge group of people that want to do this and just don't know how. Like anytime something would happen in the van, it would mess up to calm us down because we'd both be worked up. And I'll just be like, it's, I'll look at Taylor and be like, it's no book to this. Like there's, there, there's no book to like how to live in the van correctly. Like, so it's okay if we just spill five gallons of water on the floor. Like, let's just get it out. <laughs> let's just drive up a hill and let it just let run it out. just run out. <laughs> <laughs> lay a towel down. Oh 
Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um. Creativity at its finest. Yeah. Um, okay, so this sounds really cool. So it's kind of like you want to be a guide for people that are needing a little support figuring the life out or just doing it once or you know it can be like i don't know what's that called you're basically a tour guide just for van life yeah it's like an excursion for people because then they they can get a taste of it and see what it feels like with guides that can help them be creative in different ways (laughs) um that's cool so that's kind of the caravan that you're talking about yeah Mm -hmm. we we notice when uh you know, a, a lot of our friends back home and our family back home, like when we tell them like the places we've gone to and especially like our, our Mexico uh, excursion expedition, it was more like an expedition because like none of the signs are in English and like people don't speak the same language as you. And we yeah. didn't really plan yeah. for it too much. Yeah, we, we were like, oh, we're only going to be there for three weeks. And then we got there, I was like, I'm not going to turn around now. Like, it's just, so yeah, we ended up spending two months and uh, just, just the fact that we were so safe to do it because we were in such as a big group. Like it was, we went down there with our friends, Kevin and Danny, uh, our other groups of friends, Erica and Matt and Billie Jean and Caleb, they were already down there halfway down. Like, Oh yeah, we've been down here for a month. Like we're just chilling. Like I see them like tossing a frisbee on Instagram. Like I'm just like, oh, like gotta get. Okay, down they're there. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Um. Side note: Can I get in the next caravan to Baja because me encanta oh, yeah. Mexico and I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. It's like, a great time. Yeah, Baja is the most van life friendly place that I've heard of so far. Oh. And we had no idea. Yeah, we, we, had, mm-hmm. we had no, no idea. idea. We saw it on YouTube and we were like, if they can do it, we can do it. Yeah. And then our friends went and we watched them for like a few months. And we were like, we saw every time they would pan the video, it would be like 10 vans and beach parking was free. Like the police patrolled and they would wave at you. It was always safe. People were so nice in Baja. Like the locals were so nice so mm. they accept you I, I guess because you know you, you're helping stimulate their economy with with american money so like it's yeah it yeah, felt it, good it, it to works out put money into pockets of like real people instead of like businesses because we would get our clothes laundered and it's like an extension of somebody's house or like mm-hmm. the grocery store in the village is like the front room and mm-hmm. it's just or the really muffler shop behind the muffler shop is their house and yeah so it was it was cool yeah and yeah. it showed it taught us like you don't need yeah entrepreneurship and you don't need much to be happy like so much that we have in the u.s that we take for granted we realize that we could live off with so much less and be a lot happier yeah yeah mm-hmm. like experiences over like tangible things yeah and nobody's right. kicking about any spots no like we didn't oh, get kicked one no single spot there was yeah, every spot that we were at, we could have been there for as long as we want. When we were there, like, it was people that were there for, you know, four, two, three, four months in that same spot. Mm. <laughs> wow. You know, they would just go to the grocery store and come, like, it's a, because, you know, depending on your lifestyle, it's pretty much a paradise. If you're a surfer, you're a kite surfer. I'm a surfer. Yeah. I'm a surfer. If, yeah. 
you're if you like, yeah, Baja. you're gonna love Baja. Yeah, I've been awesome. there. I've surfed down there. I just didn't ever have a van down there. We had a car no. that we were driving around with, but I okay. can't wait. I, I go on. I we go swims. for swims. Me and Chief like the beach, and we like to hang out with our friends. So yeah. it mm-hmm. it goes together. Yeah, it goes together. It was so welcoming being down there. Like the travel community, you're really the only American, so it's really the only time you're gonna speak English and feel comfortable able to like let your guard down and it's not work like trying to get mm-hmm. things yeah, yeah to communicate <laughs> to get things and- well, I can be your translator so can you okay. tell I'm making a case for myself here oh yeah <laughs> I mean you're already you can come it's I'm cool. in I'm in it's my home away from home like COVID has oh, yeah. really like broken my heart because I usually travel to Mexico constantly like the culture is my favorite oh I love it so, so much. So sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you say so sustainable? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I could act like I'm in Baja year round. It's like, mm. oh, yeah. Minana. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this has been so much fun. I loved it. I can't wait to actually meet you both in person. I feel like our energies are just sunshine, butterflies. I don't know. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm digging yeah. it. Yes. It's always a good day when the sun's out and you see a butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Today's a good day. Today's- Let's go to the last question, which okay. is if you had your own podcast or interview platform, who would be each of your dream guests and why? Uh, mine would probably be uh, mine would probably be David Goggins. Uh, have you ever heard of David Goggins? No, I'm okay. curious. Well, you're, I, I don't know if I want to ruin it for people, but you might just have to Google him and I'm going to just let, I'm going to just let the internet guide you into who this guy is, but he's a, uh, he, well, how, how I don't would, even motivational yeah. personality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I, yeah. I guess you say he's a life coach. He has a book. That's athlete. called. Yeah. He, he has a book okay. called, he's an author. He's an ultra marathon runner, uh, formal Navy SEAL. Uh, he's the only he's the only American to go through all of the go through the Army, Air Force, and Navy's top special forces programs. Uh, wow! And yeah, so he he runs all these ultra marathons. He was a Navy SEAL for a long time, uh, and he shares these stories about his childhood growing up. He you know, he, he grew up uh, in an abusive home where his, his mom was abused and by his dad. And he grew up in a racial part of racial town in Indiana. And, you know, he was able to overcome all this. And even he, he was able to lose like 100 pounds in, in 30 days to, to try out to go to the Navy for Navy SEAL school, flunked out. Well, he got rolled back three times because he got sick or like he failed an event. And, you know, he finally made on his last, last attempt. And yeah, it's just a, you know, we, we listened to a Joe Rogan podcast of him while we were driving the van through Texas. And like, that was just such a push, like, cause Texas is just unbearable long and just like. It was powerful. Yeah. It was, it was powerful listening to David Goggins. I was like, okay, we did like extra hours of driving that day. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. from listening to his story. Yeah. Ooh, I love people that do that to you. <laughs> mental toughness mental grit like you know that's that's the guy i would interview i don't know how what i would say i think i would just be like oh like i'm just so grateful i probably <laughs> just be going kind of like that yeah you would just be like absorbing his his uh spirit and energy it sounds like 
Yeah. What's the What's the book called? Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Okay. Awesome. I'll have that in the show notes. I love motivational people and inspiring people and real people. Like what you were saying before about social media, you know, for quite a while, social media was like all perfect and unattainable almost. And so it created so much depression for people because it was like something they would never have or something that they lack. It's like that lack mentality. But now I feel like social media has really morphed into like, what's real? And what do you really connect with? Like, what, what is your, what's, what's your shadow? Because I have that same shadow and this is how we can move through it, you know? So it's more of a like real life, raw life, like let's do this human experience together. Yeah. I feel like meetups really helped with, with the uh, social media presence. Cause then it's like, you know, it's, it's van lifers getting together and we're like, all right, none of us look like this picture on this phone. So, <laughs> so then, yeah. like, so, and then, you know, and after a meetup, there's all these pictures that come out of all these people at the meetup. And you're like, Oh, look at all these different people. And then like, and then now you have diversified van life. Cause that's, that's, that was, that was the birth of diversified van life. It was, it was, uh, I think Noemi at, at a meetup and she was the only black person there. And, you know, somebody said something to her that made her slightly uncomfortable and then she was like you know like now it's a problem or like not not yeah and so that now we have solutions like black nomads meet diversified man life you know nomads at the intersection and the future is the future so it's gonna be more to come like you know we're gonna have our own tour guide and a book so like that's all kinds of stuff just coming yeah. yeah it's growing organically and if you're on for the ride, like wear a seatbelt, don't wear a seatbelt, hold on to something. Like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> don't be a ride. It's a wave. Yeah. It's a beautiful wave. I'm loving yeah. it. I'm so stoked for it. And I'm really excited for you to come out with the ebook. I'll be promoting it for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, who's your dream guest? Um, see, okay. It's a hard decision, but I would say, um, I, it's somebody that I met at a women on the road meetup. Her name is Kit Whistler. When I heard her speak, it changed my life (sighs) because she talked about idling and leisure time and work and how we need to split those things up and gives ourselves space to actually sit with ourselves and think and just be and like not have to have oh i'm gonna walk two miles like no i'm just gonna walk out here see what it is and then turn turn around like not having to have intentions into everything just being able to sit and just be at peace and i met her she had been living in a van for eight years and she was living in a v she lives in a vw and i just thought it was awesome how she goes on days where she doesn't talk to her partner and they live in the same van and she really taught me how to communicate with Chris and like try to have boundaries in such a small space um but it was just so inspiring just to like pick her brain more because it was just like an hour of like hearing her talk and it was just like mesmerizing just hearing how at peace and how happy she was like just being like so simple Mm-hmm. It was it was really cool because like I I was not on board for like van life I would say when I went to Women on the Road 
and then I met like almost I wasn't there. I, I, I got dropped <laughs> off in here. I was helping my cousin build a fence, and she went to women. <laughs> okay, it was. I went by myself, and it was just me and Chief, and almost two hundred women, just like with the same mindset, like women that understood me, that I could like talk to about like menstrual cycles on the road, just like something that not who who knows about that it's not on YouTube. <laughs> it's not on youtube <laughs> and just hearing that like it is fun and like you can be vulnerable and talk about these things and you can meet people and right off the bat be almost best friends yeah mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah the the initial plan before she went to that women on the road meetup it was like all right you're going to go to this meetup we're going to come back find a place to live in arizona and then she comes back. She was like, I want to go on the road for at least four more months. And I was like, okay. And then we started. And I, then, yeah, I spent more yeah. time there. And then I was like, I was like, Chris, I'll come back in two days. Chris, I'll be back tomorrow. Chris, you know, watch my location. <laughs> and Chris was like, just, just I'm enjoy like, yeah, it. We're just figuring out this fence over here. Like, come, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you don't want any part of this over here. So, yeah. I bet it was a beautiful fence by the end. Yeah, beautiful. We we end up outsourcing and uh, <laughs> hiring professionals. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, I love that though because the thing is, whether you're in a relationship or you're not, whether you're in a small space or you're not, if you do not fill yourself up, if you do not fill your cup up, you are not available in a way that's healthy and balanced for any of those things. And so, when you can get inspired by somebody else to realize how the love that you have for yourself emanates everything into the world. Every part of your world comes from that. That's a beautiful thing. And you've learned that so early on. You both are such wise souls. And I think that's why I was drawn so deeply to you. And I just, I love it. I I love everything that's happening. And I cannot wait to see what unfolds for you because it's, you know, it's going to be big stuff and I'm going to be here for it. And uh, I would say for me, for my dream guest, for my next uh, guest of my van life series, because I have a few series in these podcasts and this is my new one since I'm finally going full time (laughs) van life. My lack of international travel really gave me the opportunity to fulfill this dream. But I would say, and I'm wondering if you know her, her name is Candace Love. Have you seen her on social yeah. media at all? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh my gosh. She seems like such a cool cat. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. She has, it seems like she has this affinity for warm weather, sun and few clothes, which is something that I'm super into as well. <laughs> it's family friendly. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she's solo, female on the road, and she's got a dog. She's a total dog lover as well. It, and, and she, I just love what she's doing on social media. She's like killing it on the reels. I don't know if you've seen the reels that she oh, do, she does. It's it's a work of art. Like awesome. like we yeah. just message her sometimes. I'm just like, yo, phenomenal. Like that's yeah. Awesome. yeah, awesome. Like it's just, yeah, good good stuff, and I, I love it. Yeah, I feel like she's a she's very much a conscious creator. And I'm always, you know, I'm like, follow, like, I want to, I really want, that's that energy that you get from people that is so inspiring and exciting. And so I would love to talk to her and have her on the show as well. Oh, yeah. She can sing. uh, Oh. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, because we dove 
into her YouTube channel a little bit, and she has some old videos of her doing like covers for artists and stuff. So, yeah, she yeah she got some chops too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. she's talented. Yeah, absolutely beautiful all the way around. So tell us, tell everyone where they can get a hold of you, where they can follow you and support your mission and be a part of the greatness that you are. Okay, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Adventure Allens, A-L-L-E-N-S. And you can also find us on YouTube by searching the Adventure Allens. Yeah. You should see a picture of us with the back of the van open. In our first build. In our first build. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, on we we do we write blogs sometimes, so you can check us out on WordPress at uh, theadventureallens.wordpress.com. Um, I think that's all of our social mm -hmm. media. Yeah, the website won't be up for another month. Uh, so we're we're working with we're working with the team on getting the website up for merch. So. Hey, if we do a part two, then it'll be in the part two. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to put out to the listeners before we sign off? Uh, yeah. If you have any questions that you can't really find the answer from your friends and your family, feel free to message us on Instagram or comment on the video on YouTube. Email us at info.adventureallens at gmail.com. We will get back to you because we know how loneliness is is a thing that's not really talked about uh especially because we we met a lot of solos out on the road and you know that's one thing that was mentioned by a lot of a lot of solos is that like somebody to go to that could like relate to their issues because usually if luckily i have taylor so i'm not a solo and she she understands what i mean by like uh it's kind of hard to find somewhere to park and, or something like that, you know. Somewhere to vent to. Yeah, safe somebody space. to vent to and, you know, mm -hmm. something. And I would also like to say, like, your van life can look however you want it to look and however it serves you best. It doesn't matter how anybody else's looks. And your build will always take longer than you think. <laughs> so fast nobody it. says so that fast. <laughs> so just be patient it'll it'll be rewarding okay awesome <laughs> and i'm gonna include um chris and taylor are going to very kindly give us things about van life that they learned the harder way and i'm gonna include that in a pdf download in the show notes below so they're gonna send that to me after we wrap this up and that will be very interesting and educational, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chris and Taylor, thank you so much for taking this time out. I had a blast today. I had a blast yesterday. I'm like all up in your energy <laughs> for two days and it's been super fun. I really can't wait till we meet each other out on the road. Oh, for sure. For, for sure. sure. It happens soon. We're, we're already out here. So we might pop up on you in the spring. Oh, man. You both have such beautiful smiles. You radiate such thank beautiful energy. And thank you so much for, again, coming on the show and sharing that with all of the people out in the world. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are going to sign off, y'all. Until next time, cheers. 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 Peace and love. And with that, let's normalize the struggles celebrate the quirks, and lean into the light. From myself and Beezus the Brave, happy Wild Heart Revolution, friends. Real quick, what's what's the next destination? That's Arizona. the warmest part of we America. We think we're right snowbirds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all
I was like, I don't know if you know Taylor, but I'm a snowbird. Like, I was like, I do not like the cold. I don't do the cold. My nose just runs during the cold. I'm not sick. I'm fine. It's just cold. Chris thrives yeah. on the beach. Yeah, I, I and in the desert. The and I can't wait for my build to be done, and I can be a snowbird with you and chase that warm. <laughs>